some people are online right now talking about how amazing this is. It was an incredible show, and you know, they're wrong. Yeah, but whatever. They're um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lord>. They're wrong. <laughs> Professional wrestling to whether or not winning is better than losing. La Championa says winning is much better. But maybe you losers have a different perspective. How did you get in here? <laughs> that was flawless, by the way. Yes. Well, she's listened to the podcast literally all week. She's started from number one. And um and now she's number you. one. Yeah. Oh, ooh, that was good. Mm. 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 Oh, all right. News travels fast. Yeah, news <laughs> just... So long as you're listening to Grapples Apples. On SoundCloud.com slash Apples, that's Grapples, the number two. Apples, you don't like SoundCloud, we're on Apple Podcasts, we're on Google Podcasts, we're on iHeartRadio, it doesn't matter where you're listening, as long as you're listening. As usual, obviously, <clears throat> we may have a new third host or something, because she just took the reins from me, and, uh, you know, go and introduce yourself properly, La Championa. Well, you just did it for me, darling. Oh, well, that is <laughs> the soon-to-be Mrs. Shades, the winner tonight. We'll get into that a little bit later. <clears throat> um, my boo-boo, my monkey, Amanda, I am one of your hosts, the very sensual, the very tight, Mr. Sunglasses at night himself, your boy, the General Shades, joined by a very... Very tired hetero life, mate. Oh, yeah. Um, Ill Will the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespeare in Canada, Major English, Mr. Certified, whatever you need me to be, that's who I be, because baby, that's who I am. I almost forgot how I start that thing. I'm so tired. <laughs> you said, <laughs> um, who am, who am I again? <laughs> I am that guy. He's I am here. the other person on this show. You start doing Bizzle thing. I am the double Z, the double E. Double e. <laughs> Hello, Internet. In the ears and the things. In the ears to the weather <laughs> monuments and whatnot. Yeah. So thrill. Yes, sir. NXT TakeOver. Vengeance Day. Just finished wrapping up. I would say about five minutes ago. It was a weird takeover it was, for me. It was a show that happened. It was a show that happened. It was very safe. It was a very safe NXT TakeOver. Um, But there was a lot that happened. Uh, We have five matches on the card. Um, A major bit of news happened on the pre-show. We don't don't usually get um, crazy news on the pre-show. Usually it's just filled with um, R-Truth shenanigans or um, Sam Roberts and his bulldog face. Um, Yikes. But, um, yeah, uh, we're going to get into that. Um, three titles on the line, two uh, tournament finishes, five matches. Can't get into any of that unless, um, baby, do me a favor. Oh, excuse me. Come on. Don't do this. Right here. Ring that bell. 
So, so yeah. as I uh, alluded to earlier, um, some major news happened on the pre-show for Takeover Vengeance Day. Um, Eli Drake was reported to be a free agent. Uh, Eli Drake was tag team champions NWA Power. <clears throat> excuse me, NWA. NWA Power is their show. Um, so I only got this news a half hour before TakeOver actually the pre-show went on the air. Um, Eli Drake comes out on the TakeOver broadcast, interrupts uh, Sam Roberts and Wade Barrett and the guy from Bleacher Report. <clears throat> I don't know his name. Um, and he's just running down on the roster. He's, he's a new acquisition and, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the, the terrible name generating machine that is the WWE comes up with, instead of Eli Drake, maybe it's licensed with, um, NWA, but he was Eli Drake in, in impact wrestling. So I don't understand why didn't they just bring that over? You know, uh, they give him the name. L.A. Knight. Terrible name. So essentially, his name is La Knight. <laughs> La Knight. La Knight. Because he doesn't um, work, he doesn't do La Knight during the day. He works during La Knight. Yeah, exactly. I, I don't understand why they had to change his name. Um, well, it's not his real name. Okay, so Eli Drake is not his real name. But, um... It's all about Man. money, bro. It's all about controlling money. I, I I don't know. I mean, I like Eli Drake. I like his work. Um, I, this is just a, a stopgap before he gets called up to the main roster. I think it's just uh, like like we always say, um, new acquisitions are here to just get acclimated to the more theatrical style of camera work. For the Ooh. WWE. Ooh. Uh, I think that they're going to do that with Eli Drake. And he's going straight to the main roster. Ooh, we'll see. Um, but that's that That was the the pre-show. The show kicks off proper with... with uh, Thrill, I'm sorry. I'm going to keep continuing because... Good. The, the hot take that was Friday night. Where Swami Shades <laughs> looked at his crystal ball. And 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 foretold a future, and challenged my co-host on the finals for the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez taking on Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Now this match had no business being almost eighteen minutes long. <clears throat> Shotzi Blackheart is just so a. Ab- abysmal in the ring <laughs> she, everything she does she moves so slow it's like molasses mm. uh tommy boy is in the, in the chat and he's just like why does everything that shotzi blackheart does look so clunky mm-hmm. it's like it's because she doesn't know that she's actually in a ring yeah she's definitely not her her ring work, her style is definitely not based around finesse, that's for sure. Um, but at the same time, this match wasn't designed to be built around her. This match was built around Raquel Gonzalez. Oh, this right match was, from Bell. yeah, 
Yeah, as right soon as that bell. bell rang, there was like, okay, this is the Raquel Gonzalez show, and go. They're building Raquel Gonzalez to be somewhat believable in terms of beating um, whoever wins the NXT Women's Championship tonight. They're 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 trying to set her up for that. Yeah, but um, they have her in the tag division. Like she's about to go and fa- oh, never mind. Continue. We'll get to that in a bit. You're not you're not wrong. You're not far off. It, she is in the tag. She's in the tag team with Dakota Kai. They're scheduled to face the WWE Women's Tag Team Champions in a future match. Yeah. But what that can do is. Raquel Gonzalez can blame Dakota Kai, turn on Dakota Kai. You have Kai become babyface again. Raquel Gonzalez just established herself as a as a monster heel, blaming her for the loss and not getting the tag titles. And then boom, you do a quick feud with Kai, and then you go on to whoever's the women's tag team, uh, the NXT Women's Champion at the, at the end of the day. Okay. Um, Ember Moon, Shotty Blackheart. <laughs> I Ooh. never understood their tag team. Mm-mm. I I feel like the only reason that they were in the finals is because the fans love Shotzi so much. Mm-hmm. Ember's but, over also. Ember's over in NXT. But she's not as over as Shotzi right now. That's fair. Um, like Ember Moon is definitely the Genetti in the Rockers right now with him. Yeah, let's do it. Um, but in my opinion, and rightfully so, the correct team won. Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez defeat Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart in a clunky um women's tag team match. Um, they kept driving home. Um, what's Vic Joseph is is the the mm-hmm. announcer, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Kept driving home that the they have the best women's division in the world, and I'm like. You don't see it with Shotzi Blackheart. Like the three of them, Raquel, even Raquel Gonzalez, she's kind of, it, it's all just power with her. There's no in-ring yeah, technical work. Yes, but she's learned to play that role, and she's gotten so much better. Like, oh, no, she's, she used to look lost in the ring. She used mm-hmm. to look lost. Now she knows and understands, okay, I'm the powerhouse. That's my That's my role. And I just have to learn how to play it. And she has. And I think she understands who her character is, which I think in WWE is exactly what you need to do. As long as you understand who your character is, you're, you know, you're fine. Yeah. Um, it's very rare you get somebody that knows how to, like, especially a female, like, big person, you know, a, a monster heel. For them. It does, it's really hard for them to play their role. Because that's all they are. It's just they're they're big, they're towering, um, but there's some there's some things that she's been working on, and and she's she's playing her role perfectly fine. I like like they're, they're, she's the main reason why I chose them to win. Yeah. I like, I I don't see the, her getting pinned. Mm-hmm. I was like, if they're going to lose this match, it's going to be on Dakota Kai. Mm-hmm. But um. Yeah, uh, what's it called? D the, the GTK. Oh, that's that's their 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 finisher. The the elevated uh, Pele kick. 
mm-hmm. that um that they do. I don't know their actual finish finishing move, um, but Raquel Gonzalez and Dakota Kai win the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic Finals for the ladies. Yes, the first women's Dusty Rhodes. The first, champions. yes, very important. The first, uh, a hope of many, and. The problem with this is there's not a lot of females in NXT mm-hmm. that you can be like, ah, all right, this is the, um, like, you can do this every year, you know? So that's, I was going to say, the problem with, so the Dusty Rose Tag Team Classic in NXT for the men is perfect. But mm-hmm. having the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic for women be an NXT exclusive is a mistake. If this was mm-hmm. WWE, was... if this was WWE wide, then this would be perfect because we're always struggling with what tag teams are available in the women's division to vie for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championships. Mm-hmm. Well, you use this once a year to solidify who, what are the tag teams? Because mm-hmm. we, have, we we need to know. Who are the women on, on Raw, who are the singles women on Raw, the singles women on SmackDown, the singles women on NXT, and then who are the tag teams? And it can't just be whoever's left over. So if you use the tournament, the the, the Dusty Rhodes, the women's Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic, as a way to build, establish, and and further escalate, you know, the positioning for women's tag teams throughout WWE, it only makes the most sense in the world. Because look this year. These are the teams. Cora Jade and Gigi Dolan. What? Candice LeRae and Indy Hartwell. Okay. Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Marina Shafir and Zoe Stark. Not even Marina Shafir and and uh, Jessamyn Duke. Casey Canzaro and Caden Carter. Mercedes Martinez and Tony Storm. Aaliyah and Jesse Kamea. And then Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez. If you take out half of that field and put in tag teams from the main roster, it's a significantly better tournament. The Yeah, but the only problem with this is, um, with that is, the reason why I didn't say it also is uh, the, the, the women's, the main roster women may get more of a push or may less likely be, like, want to do the job for a younger or a, or a team from NXT, you know? I think well, that goes get in the way. That's possible. And I think one way to combat that is if you're WWE, you have to stop being half pregnant. Is mm. NXT a third brand or are they a developmental brand? Which one is it? Okay. Yeah. That's actually because they continue to say they're a third brand, but then they treat them like a developmental brand. So how does your main roster superstar is going to take them seriously if you don't? Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're absolutely you know? right. Um, if, see, uh, uh, for me, I, I like the, the women's dusty classic, right? Mm-hmm. I like, I like opening it up to all three, three brands. Uh-huh. I, I want to see that happen next year, mm-hmm. but I want Billy Kay to win. With who? But ha- with anyone. Like she just she spends the <laughs> hear me out, hear me out. I'm she listening. spends the next year 
the better part of this whole year looking Ooh. for a partner for the Dusty Classic. Okay. You know how she's been giving everybody her headshot and so on and so forth. Now she's sure. just trying to she's trying to to get someone to team with her. Mm-hmm. And then if they win, which is it's really just a meme. It's not for anything else except that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't think that they're going to make a joke of the Dusty Classic, especially in year two. Mm-hmm. But um, you have Billy Kay win it with whoever. Let's say, g- let's give her Rhea Ripley, right? Mm-hmm. Two polar opposite women, right? Mm-hmm. They win, and Billy Kay has nothing to do with them advancing, has nothing to do with like them getting to the finals or even winning the finals. It's all Rhea Ripley. I would love mm-hmm. to see Billy Kay just celebrate winning the Dusty Classic. And, okay. and again, it's it's not it's not for it does more harm than good in terms of um like I guess elevating women's wrestling or women's mm-hmm. tag team wrestling. But I don't know, I, I I get overjoyed hearing how Billy Kay would scream from the rafters about winning the mm. Dusty Classic. And then you she know what? this whole thing. If you wanna okay, if you wanna do the Billy Kay storyline, but give it at least some level of validity, what you could do is she's looking for a partner, looking for a partner, looking for a partner. It's the day of the tournament. It's just about to start, right? She finds some random partner, whoever it is. By surprise, through Billy K magic, they win every match of the finals. Leading mm-hmm. up to the finals, her partner gets taken out by whatever heel they're feuding with, right? Mm-hmm. So she doesn't have a partner for the finals. She's waiting in the ring, and then whose music hits? Peyton Royce. Ooh. I like that. Payton Royce comes out. Billy and Kay win the dust, the women's Dusty Road I mean, Classics finals. Payton, Payton and Billy. Yes, that thing. Um, <laughs> the Iconics reunite to win the Dusty Road Classics finals for Billy Kay. I like that. I like that better than my, my finish. Yeah. And then that way you have the funny, silly stupidness of Billy Kay, but you also still get a, a story and you, it doesn't have to be just about the meme. Yeah, yeah, that's that's actually a lot better. Yeah, all right, I steal your idea and make it my own. <laughs> I steal your idea and make it my own. <laughs> okay, so I guess we can move on now. So the following match, um, hold on, I lost the card for a second. There we go. So the in terms of like. Speed, pace, technical ability. This was a complete antithesis of the first match. This this was Gargano and Kushida going, hey, how fast can you go? I don't know. How fast can you go? Let's find out. And they just went. And they went for 24 and a half minutes, almost 25 minutes, rather. And it was this was just, other than the finish... And not even the finish, the booking. Other than the booking of the finish, this was a this is a this is a top level match. Oh man. I agree and I don't agree. Okay. 
Um, we've seen faster. Like, no, for sure, speed. for sure, for sure. Taiji Shimori and um, uh, Hiromu Takahashi. Takahashi, yeah. excuse me. Those boys were going speed. Um, yeah. uh, any Ray Phoenix match. <laughs> any Ray Phoenix match, yeah. <laughs> um, Ray Phoenix walking down the street. He doesn't. Ray... He doesn't. He doesn't run. He doesn't walk. He's he's like the Flash. He's just <laughs> all speed. He's going the distance. He's going, he's going for, for speed. speed. <laughs> so, um, but this match was. There's a reason why Johnny Gargano calls himself Johnny Takeover. Yeah. I mean, we were there live for him versus Andrade, and they put on the best oh, match that yeah. night. And no one saw that coming either. That was a, a curtain jerker that was supposed to just be a curtain jerker. And by the end of the night, we were like, holy, who the, what the hell now? I, I said it in our chat during the, the pay-per-view. Johnny Gargano may be the greatest NXT superstar to ever be on that brand. Hmm. Mm. In terms of match quality, mm. no one can compare. Mm. His his classic feud with Tommaso Ciampa, his tag teamwork is DIY. His matches against Adam Co- Adam Cole Bebe, this match, like Johnny Gargano, okay. is okay. Mister NXT. Okay, that's that's ooh, that's tough for me to. Uh, I think in Mister NXT, I think of like Finn Balor, mm. um, even mm-hmm. Adam Cole. But Mm-mm. you know, you you make a good you make a good argument. It's hard it's hard to argue with an NXT resume like Gargano's. Like you said, from DIY to his main event run to now. Yeah. You're hard pressed to find anyone else that's NXT. You might be onto something. However, however, with that said, did he need to beat Kushida tonight? No. No, he didn't. And this is why I'm like, I, I kind of agree and disagree with you. I, I agree, Kushida is the one that needed to go over. I disagree to you with the whole other thing, but I agree with Kushida needing to go over. Why have Triple H bring him in from New Japan, give him this crazy run, just to have him lose to Johnny Gargano? Clean. Clean. That's a whistle. It was the way coming out. Dexter Loomis gives the old hide and right chloroform job to Austin Theory. Uh, Johnny Gargano sends the ladies to find Theory backstage. You're getting a one-on-one, no outside interference. All signs point to Kushida going over tonight. You know, and I almost, I almost don't mind Gargano winning, almost, except that they, they, the Superman booking. I don't understand it. Look, I get it. Gargano's Mr. Takeover, blah, blah, blah. But the word that Kushida was putting into his arm at the end of the match, mm-hmm. and, he just, and Gargano just doesn't lose, 
Like, come on. And then what? It takes what? Two of the the DDTs, the over the, the slingshot DDTs. That's it. So Kushida's gonna work his arm, put him in a Kimura, put him in an arm bar, do a running punt to his arm, but it just takes two slingshot DDTs. Come on. Come on. That yeah, Superman um, doesn't do anybody any favors. What it does is just solidifies Johnny Gargano as the um I was gonna call him the underdog from the underground, but that was Sami Zayn's moniker. That's Sami Zayn, yeah. Yeah. Um it it just it it, it does what you, like it just solidifies Johnny Gargano as the best that it just solidifies him as Johnny Takeover in, in no other way except that. Yeah. Um, I I knew the match was over once they did the um, the top rope f- uh, flip to the armbar, mm-hmm. and Gargano didn't tap. I told uh, it was uh, Tommy Boy. I was like, this match is over. Gargano yeah. wins. Yeah. And then he hits the um. The the DDT onto the outside, mm-hmm. uh, and then his DDT one more time back in, and Johnny Gargano retains with no outside interference, is which is something that you don't get often from a heel Johnny Gargano. Yeah, Candice LeRae gets involved or Austin Theory gets involved, but he went over clean. There's there's no excuse for Kushida tonight. Like he lost. Clean to Gargano. Yep. That makes you think. Who's next? L.A. Knight. Is he gonna go straight <laughs> into a feud with 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 Johnny name. Gargano? It was terrible. I don't, I don't know. What the, I don't know what they can do. Your guess is as good as mine, buddy. So um, I don't want to do the next match because. Um, due to popular demand, um, uh, Big Sexy, the big dog, Joey, messages us on Saturday morning after listening to the podcast and says, anytime we talk about the Dusty Classic, Thrill has to do the Dusty Rhodes voice. <laughs> and we are people pleasers to the max. So Thrill, if you would do the honors of doing the next match. <clears throat> the next match, baby, was for the men's Dusty Rose Tag Team Classes Finals. Yes, it was. He had MSK, Nash Carter, and Wes Lee going up against the Grizzle Young Veterans of James Drake and Zach Gibson. The winner of the Thanks. match also received a future NSC tag team. Oh, no, I'm sorry, baby. I didn't mean to cut you off. But you know, I'm the man of the people, the son of the plumber. I had to be the one to tell them everything they need to know. Winner also receives a future tag team championship match for their NXT tag titles. Go ahead, baby. Thank you, Dusty. Thank you for showing up. Uh, we always appreciate you. <laughs> um, this match was upsetting. Boring. To me. Um. Okay. So I don't. Re- Nash Carter is. Uh, the white guy, right? If I'm not mistaken, I believe yes. so. Yes, he's he is the white yes. guy. He is the Caucasian fellow. So Nash Carter, like they're playing up this story that Nash Carter, um, 
like he's doing this for his dad who passed away. He has a tattoo that says legacy on there or uh, carrying on the legacy or something, something to that effect. And I was like, man, he's really boring in the ring. Yes, he is. Wes Lee, on the other hand, him versus Ray Phoenix, you'd have to watch that in slow motion just to <laughs> just to get an actual normal pace. Because, boy, that boy can fly. See, by the time Wesley hit the ring, I was already zoned out. I didn't care. I was not paying attention. I'm not going to lie to you. I was so bored for the first half of this match. I was like, all right, cool. I was more entertained by the pre-match promo where uh, Jack uh, James Drake called their, their gear Daft so Zach Green Gibson Pajamas. Was... I'm sorry, Zach, Zach Gibson? Gibson? Yeah. So you're out here in your Daft Green Pajamas. I was more entertained by that than... Anything I saw in the ring. So by the time Wesley was in the match, I was already I was gone. Yeah. Um I I watched this match thoroughly because um I, I'm a firm believer that I MSK is not good as a tag team. <laughs> sure. Um I, I didn't get to see a lot of their work in, in takeover uh takeover, excuse me, in impact wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um the only match I really got to sit down and watch with them was when the, the Motor City Machine Guns came back. And right. they ended up uh, it was a squash match, basically. Essentially, it was like a, a squash match. Um, but I, I didn't see, you know, I didn't see the um, the appeal to them. I didn't see the draw to them. Um, I didn't like the, the the whole rascals gimmick. I didn't like um, I, the Trey Miguel was like the their other in the the trio, but. Nash Lee's in-ring work was was boring to me. So yeah, Wesley hits the ring, and it, the the man is he's he's flying all over the place. You get James Drake and and Zach Gibson going outside the ring. He does a a a diving a suicide not a suicide dive a tope suicida. No, which one is Topic on Hilo, right? That's, that's Topic the... on Hilo is the one that goes over the ropes. Over the top. All right, so he went over the top of the turnbuckle, lands mm-hmm. on them flush. The, the the boy can can move. Um, he definitely has a higher ceiling than his counterpart. Mm-hmm. Um, but Lord, the the one thing that I took away from this was. MSK is only won this match because of the hype around their name right now. Mm-hmm. The the grizzled young veterans should have won this match. Not to mention they almost they almost killed Wes Lee with that suicide dive doomsday device thing. Mm-hmm. I, that was the I cringed because I was like, this boy's gonna land on his neck and he's gonna die. <laughs> but he 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 landed perfectly. And not to mention, James Drake looks like Seth Green. Like I don't, I don't see it. I, you put it in the group chat, and you and Tom were like, "Yeah," and I was like, "I don't get it." Man, I don't see it. Yeah, you, 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 you open your eyes, man. It's there. Trust me, it's there. You said so. Slap, slap some, slap some long hair on Seth Green. Boom, you got, you got James Drake. If you say so. But um. I don't remember the finish of the match. Uh, their their move, I don't know what it is. 
but MSK wins. Um, we'll check out the first half of the match. I definitely checked out the second half of the match. I was like, <laughs> uh, MSK is going to win. Like, this is boring. Yeah. Uh, but a lot of people happy that MSK won. I guess I mean, people were a fan of the Rascals. There, yeah, they were, they were, bleh, 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 bleh. um, their fan base was vocal when they left Impact and vocal again when they signed with WWE. Like, I don't get it, but people are seeing something there, so there you go. I mean, it doesn't help right now that they're the tag team champions are in. What's his name? Uh, Danny Burch and O'Neill Arkin. Yeah. But, um, yeah. Pete Dunn's M- cronies. M- MSK wins the Dusty Rhodes. The, the Dusty Rhodes classic, baby. Thank you for that, Dusty. You have yourself a good night. <laughs> You've earned it. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so the next match, thrill you can do. It's actually your opportunity to. So the following was a triple threat match for the NXT Women's Championship, defending champion Io Shirai taking on defender. I mean challengers, Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Unfortunately, my actual realistic prediction was a hundred percent correct. And Io Shirai retains her championship. In in probably the worst match of her title defense. Ooh. That's rough. This this match was it was nothing. It was absolutely nothing. You got twelve minutes in a triple threat match where Mercedes Martinez looked like a powerhouse. And then um Oh, excuse me. Um, Tony Storm has Mercedes Martinez in a pin. The ref's on one side, has to run to the other side to count the pin her shoulders down just to give Io Shirai enough time to do the moonsault, uh, break up the pin, and then pin Mercedes Martinez to retain the NXT Women's Championship. The only other spot that is even worth mentioning is Io Shirai climbing the, the, the pillar that was at ringside and doing a diving crossbody onto both women. Other than that, <clears throat> this is probably, in my opinion, the worst match Io Shirai has had since being in NXT. Yikes. Wow. Wow. Well, well, there you go. I mean, oof. So the next match is the last match of the night. <laughs> Finn Balor defending the NXT Championship against Pete Dunne. Um, this 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 feud is really predicated on Pete Dunne saying that Finn Balor has been ducking him for years when he was in, in they were in England together. Um, they never crossed paths. When when Pete Dunne went to Japan, Finn Balor left Japan and went to the WWE. When when he came to the WWE. Finn got called up, so that he can't. You know, they, they never got to wrestle. Mm. Um, the match was okay. I, I expected a classic. 
I mm. expected a barn burner. A if for, for this is for Jim Ross, a slobber knocker. Right. You have Finn Balor, who is, you know, UK wrestling, New Japan strong style. Mm-hmm. Versus Pete Dunne, who is the bruiser, and he has that nickname for a reason. Mm-hmm. This this wasn't as hard hitting as was I thought it was going to be. This is a lot more technical holds, a lot more uh, submissions, yeah. a lot more there's, manipulations. Yeah, there's a lot more UK manipulation style versus mm-hmm. UK, um, you know, strong style. Yeah. Um, but they didn't do anything egregious, you know. Th- they made it wasn't a bad match by any standards. It no, just... no, no, it was it was a, it was a good match, but it was with, a different with... style from what we expected. When you think of Pete Dunne, you think of his his classics with Tyler Bates. You know, you think about Finn Balor. You think about any Finn Balor match. You and and you think about greatness. You think two greatness, like two two sides of greatness coming together. You're going to get such a great match. And it wasn't a great match. It was a good match. Don't get me wrong. I'm not. I'm not killing yeah. this match. It was a good match. Sure, sure. They did a they did a good job at. You know, selling us the fact that, hey, maybe Pete Dunne can win. Yeah. Um, But then towards the end of the match, or well, before I get to the end of the match, Pete Dunne and his finger manipulation, his, um, uh, you know, the breaking of the hands and so on and so forth. Um, Balor was really selling that. Yes. Even after the match where, like, he couldn't even hold the title. Yeah, and like he was doing the the guns, but his it looks like he was already shooting his guns because his fingers he was <laughs> selling the, the the pain in his hands. So, um, big ups to Balor for doing that. Um, mm. It's just great storytelling. But it's a pro knows how to sell. Mm-hmm. He sure does. But the the closing of the matches we get, um, Balor taking out Pete Dunne's uh, mouth guard, throwing it out of the ring. Hitting him with a a, a a drop kick. Going up, hitting the coup de gras, and then I don't I don't know the name of his. I know it was it was Bloody Sunday in nineteen sixteen. Nineteen sixteen. Okay, so um, he hits the nineteen sixteen on Pete Dunn for the one two three, and then no, gets attacked. It, wasn't it nineteen sixteen and then the coup de gras? No, it was the coup de gras and then the nineteen sixteen. Okay. I was right tonight. You weren't. All right. So let's. let's I said okay. All right. All right. All right. I'm in a sour mood still. All right. Relax, Buttercup. So, so Finn Balor retains the NXT Women's Championship and then gets attacked by. Before you proceed any further. Yes. Can we talk about. It's been mentioned before, but really, the definition of a good match does not mean throwing out the validity of somebody's finish. What do you mean? The bitter end gets kicked out of? What is this? Like, oh, that, that, okay, so this, is a, a, this has been a growing theme. This has been a growing theme. It's been a theme for wrestling for like the last 
10 years and it drives you and I insane. I was actually complaining to Amanda about this earlier tonight where Tony Storm hits Storm Zero on Mercedes Martinez to a two count. It's like, what what is the point of having a finisher? It's not a finisher. There's no such thing as a finisher anymore. Now it's a signature move. That's what it is. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Because a finisher is supposed to do exactly that. Finish the match. You can have Storm Zero. She and it's not even like Io Shirai broke up the count. Mercedes Martinez just kicks out. It's not a finisher. It's not just these are just signature moves, man. Bro, you can have a that exciting false finish um, moment without actually using the person's finisher. A high impact move or a move that's rarely busted out is how you accomplish that. The the a top rope move that you never see before. Mm. That's a false finish. Um a modified version of a signature move. That's a false finish. A move done with a weapon that the ref isn't looking at. That's a false finish. You do not have to use the wrestler's finishing move to accomplish that shock and awe factor. Because it, then what's the point? I the idea like again, we've talked about this before, but it builds an excitement to a climax where it crescendos at the move, and the one, two, three is the is the peak, and you and then you and then you explode, right? It's building. You hit the signature move. It's building. It's building. You hit the finishing move. You know it's coming. You're at the edge of your seat. You count one, two, three in excitement, elation, jubilation. We're happy. You go home. Now. It's getting to a point where I'm watching it go, okay, signature, finish, inevitable kick out. Okay, now we know the other person's going to win. That's boring to me. Mm-hmm. Um, How many times I, do you and I call the winner of a match five minutes before the match ends because of that exact thing? Yeah. I mean, but, I called oh, it with man. the Gushida match. I called it with the Gushida match. I was like, Johnny Gargano went through all that. Now he has to win. Like, there's no way that he doesn't win. You know? So far. <clears throat> um, I mean, no one, I, no I, one has it worse than Naito with the Destino, but this is, dude, this is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we're even seeing it now with, with Okada's Rainmaker. It's, it used to be one Rainmaker to put anyone away. Yeah, now it's like, depending on who the, the, the match is, it's two or three. It's like Rainmaker... Spinning tombstone, rainmaker, rainmaker, yeah, win. Um, I, I, I'm tired. I'm tired of of of. I don't get it. It's it, they're not it. called finishers unless this. Okay, so I have two things to rant about. It's one is the finisher, and then one is the referee in the Finn Balor match. Um, bro, how many times? The only time we saw anyone kick out of the Stone Cold Stunner was like the Rock at WrestleMania. Same thing the, with the it, People's it, Elbow. It's you kick out of your opponent's finisher in a blood feud. That's it, because that sells the match even more. Other than that, no one should be kicking out of 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 finishers. So frustrating. It's so frustrating. Imagine. So think about the tombstone, right? Undertaker's tombstone. 
how protected it was to the point where, like, when Lesnar kicked out, he made the face, right? No, if, that was um, okay. So don't use that. Don't use that one for a. a I was going to go with Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels in the the the, the streak versus the okay. Sure. Match. My point is, my point is that by the time we get to this juncture in his career, the tombstone was so protected that when it's kicked out of, it means something. Now imagine if Giant Gonzalez was kicking out of the tombstone. By the time we got to HBK or Triple H or or Lesnar, it wouldn't have meant anything. Yeah. Like, I don't understand how people aren't seeing that. The finisher yeah. means something. It's supposed that's why, to mean something. That's why wrestlers spend so much time perfecting their finish. So many, like, you, I, I talk to any wrestler. They've gone through, like, seven finishers before they found their actual finisher. It's for a reason. I don't. I don't get it, man. I don't. I don't understand what's going on in professional wrestling nowadays. I, don't uh, get listen, it. I. I agree. I agree. Uh, it's cheap to use a. Um, yeah. A a a finisher as a false finish, unless it means something. This mm-hmm. wasn't a blood feud. This is just a regular, you know, championship feud. That's it. <sighs> And with that being said, the ref in the match pissed me off. Um, Finn Balor goes up for coup de gras, gets countered by Pete Dunne into a triangle choke. Finn Balor gets his leg on the rope, but passes out due to the hold. So Pete Dunne is telling the ref, like, the match is over. Like, look at him. He's out. And the ref is like, no, 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 no. He's still in the match. He's still in the match. So then Pete Dunn goes to attack him. And the ref pushes Pete Dunn back. Like, no, I have to check on him and make sure he's okay. But you just said he's in the match. How are you uh, How are you letting him continue the match? But then when he goes to attack him, you're like, no, I got to make sure that he can continue. Like, you're contradicting yourself. Yeah. I thought what he was going to do is let Pete Dunne pull him off the ropes and then check him. And because that would make sense. Okay, no, we can't call it because he's on the ropes. Okay, let's take him off the ropes. Now call the match. That I could have seen. That would have made sense. I thought mm-hmm. that's what they were going with that spot. I thought Pete Dunne was going to pull him off the ropes, just drag him off the ropes. I thought the ref was going to check his vitals, quote unquote. And then, you know. That's when Balor would show signs of, of you know consciousness, but yeah, no, they didn't do it. They didn't do that. They went the dummy so, route. <laughs> they went the dummy route. It was it was the dummy route indeed, and uh, it really took away from the the match for me. So I'm just like, ugh, like any other any other moment, like any other match. The guy's getting stomped out after the fact. You know, he broke the, the what you call it. He had enough wherewithal to get to the ropes. Like piss off is my is, is like essentially what I'm trying to get at. Yeah. Um, but Finn Balor hits a coup de gras, hits uh 1916, wins the match, and then gets jumped by Danny Burch and Oni Larkin post match, mm. only to get saved by uh three fourths of the undisputed era. 
Yes, uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, Roddy Strong, and Kyle O'Reilly, who Kyle O'Reilly is transforming more and more into looking like the ginger Abraham Lincoln. <laughs> um, uh, they, they, they run down on the heels, they, they run off, and they're standing in the ring, they're doing the UE symbol, and Balor's doing the... the, the well, before they the do gun. that, before they do that, Kyle O'Reilly goes over to Finn Balor, who's looking confused, and he's like, nah, we got you, don't worry about it, you're the champ, I know that, I respect that, you're the champ, I got you. And so, he extends his hand, Balor doesn't take the hand, but he does stand up. No, he does then... eventually, he does eventually take the hand. Oh, does he? Okay, I must have missed that point. Mm-hmm. So he, he does, does eventually take the hand. Yeah. Okay, and then go ahead, as you were saying. They, they, they're all standing in line. They're doing, the, you know, Undisputed Era doing the UE symbol, and Balor's doing the gun. And I'm like, one of two things has to happen right now. One I don't want to happen, one I do want to happen. The thing I didn't want to happen was everyone's doing the UE symbol, and then Balor does the Undisputed Era symbol. Didn't want that. That I thought he was going to do the guns. I thought he was going to do the guns while they did the UE. What I wanted, what I, what I, what, second thing, what I wanted is if Balor too sweeted Adam Cole because Ooh. they were Bullet Club together, Bullet Club. Right. not at the same time, but they were Bullet Club. Right. Um, what I wanted to happen was Adam Cole, baby, super kicking Finn Balor, and we got that. Much to the chagrin of Kyle O'Reilly. What are you doing? What are you doing? And then he's, that's, you know, that's BS, that's BS. And Roddy Strong's like, oh, man, like, what What do we do now? And Adam Colby told Kyle O'Reilly, shut up. (laughs) Delivers a super kick to Kyle O'Reilly, leaving both men laid out in the center of the ring, walks up the aisle, and Roddy Strong is just sitting there in no man's land. We get the watermark, we go off the air, and so ends NXT TakeOver, Vengeance Day, live from Orlando, Florida. The, what they call it? The, the, the Capitol Building or Capitol? The Capitol Wrestling Center? Yes. Um. Yeah. So let's do that thing. First things first. Match of the night to me. This is a no-brainer. Johnny Gargano kind of, versus Kushida. Absolutely, without question. Okay. I uh, let's grind this thing. Yeah. So typically, um, some shows or podcasts or channels, whatever they do, maybe stars, maybe they do letter grades. Well, here at Grapples and Apples, we do topes. You get zero topes if you're an abomination to wrestling. You get five topes if you are the epitome of what professional wrestling is all about. So, Shades, how many topes do you give NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day? So, we're starting off at a 2.5, as we usually do. Match number one, uh, Dakota Kai and Raquel Gonzalez versus Shotzi Blackheart. Although the match was clunky, um, the right team won, and... I'd be thrilled in our heads up. Uh, so I'm going to give this a... Hmm. I'm going to give this a 5.5, bringing it up to an 8 
right now. I read an eight for the pay-per-view. Instead of I'm a sorry. five. I, because, I, because I won. Right now we're at an eight. <laughs> okay. Out of this five. Is the greatest, this is, out of five, we're at eight. Okay. We're, this is the greatest wrestling thing I've ever seen. Okay. No, all jokes aside, the the match, the, <laughs> um, the right team won. Um, although it was clunky, it was it was still okay. Um, I'm gonna keep it at two point five. Okay. Uh, Johnny Gargano, uh, Kushida. Oof. Uh, three, three point two, three point two five. Okay. Uh, MSK versus the. Grizzly Young Vets, 3.25 still. Mm-hmm. EO, uh, the triple threat for the Women's Championship, uh, drops it down to a three, a 2.75. Mm-hmm. And Balor and Pete Dunn bring it back up to a 3. So it was, it was above, above average show, in my opinion. Okay. So, the last time we did reviews recaps i did two separate ratings to see which one i felt more comfortable with i did the same thing just now so if i do it the way we've been doing with the meter starting at 2.5 stays at 2.5 with the to the opening match goes to three because of gargano kushida then doesn't move for msk and grizzled young vets um potentially maybe goes down to like a 2.75 because I really was bored with the MSK versus Grizzly Young Vets match. So, two seven, let's call it 275. And then EO, Tony, and Mercedes stays at a 275. Finn Balor and Pete Dunn stays at a 275. So, theoretically, I end at a 2.75. When I do individual match ratings and then average it out, it averages out to 2.8. So, I'll stick at a 2.75 because 2.8 is weird. So, yeah, that's a weird math right there. Yeah. So there you go. My grade for the show is a 2.75. So it's an above average show, you know? Just slightly above average, yeah. Yeah. Um, for you, it was slightly above average. For me, it was just an above average show. Um, mm-hmm. by, by no means an NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, you know? Oh, yeah, um, no. Um, and that's the issue with TakeOvers, um, in my opinion. Uh, I think that the, the TakeOvers are they're happening too often. Uh huh. Um, I think that the old way of like a takeover once only at a big four, yep, or once yep. a season, mm-hmm. is 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 perfect. I feel like we get too many takeovers, and it just it just dilutes the uh, the importance or the um the mystique that NXT takeovers used to have. Takeovers used to be the bee's knees in terms of pay per views for for WWE, and now it's just I like agree. ah, it's whatever now. You know, yeah. They just, you're not gonna, you're not gonna get a four, <clears throat> a, a, a four or a five star takeover from us anymore. You may end up just being at a three. You know, right, or just an above average show from now on. I mean, I also feel like just NXT in general as a brand has not been what it's been ever since they went to USA. Mm. You know, I just I feel like the booking and the the performers just it hasn't been the same. I don't. I feel like they've they've you know, regressed in terms of quality. And so, of course, their pay-per-views are going to be the same thing. But, you know, to each their own. 
it is what it is. Some people are online right now talking about how amazing this is. It was an incredible show, and you know, they're wrong. Yeah, but whatever. They're um, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> they're wrong. <laughs> anyway, um, um, so so before we get off the air, before we do our close, um, yes, we do have our standings for the uh, predictions. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, you guys heard it earlier. If you, you know, you're starting this podcast from the beginning and not being a weirdo and starting it halfway through the episode, um, uh, Amanda La Championa retain regains the Grapples to Apples World Championship, becoming the two-time Grapples to Apples champion. Um, I came in second place with a four, uh, you know, a four and two. John Monteforte came in with a 4.2 also. A uh, 4 out of 2. Uh, 4 4 and 2, excuse me. Um the defending champion Tom came 3 and 3. Joey 3 and 3 and Will the thrill. No thrill. Will no thrills. Will no thrills. 1 and 5. A whoa, a rough whoa. a rough outing for my my uh my hetero life mate. Yeah, but my boy. but my actual life mate <laughs> regains the Grapples Apples championship. So I I said it on the episode Brownie was coming home and she, she sort of did come home, you know, she's still in House of Shades but she's with my lover. So <laughs> my lover. You oh. take the good, you take the bad facts of life. I knew it. I knew it. Oh, God, you're the worst. Anyway, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, that's been our recap and review of NXT TakeOver Vengeance Day. <laughs> You've been listening to us on SoundCloud.com. That's Grapples to Apples. That's Grapples and number two apples. You don't like SoundCloud. You got Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, AHA Radio. Doesn't matter where you're listening as long as you're listening. Don't forget to check out our social media pages. That's Facebook.com, Twitter.com, and Instagram.com. Slash Grapples Apples. Again, that's Grapples, the number two apples. Like, comment, share, subscribe. Do whatever you got to do to put us as many eyes and ears as humanly possible because we appreciate it. As always, I've been one of your hosts, Ill Will, the Thrill, the Poetarian, Shakespeare, and Candidate, Major English, Mr. Certified. Whatever you need me to be, that's who I be because that's who I is, baby. Join remotely by my hetero life. Tell them who you are. Tell them who you is. The man of the hour, the man with the power. Too damn sweet to be sour. Cream of the crop, rise to the top, your boy, and sort of the champion. No, no. Okay, no. okay, okay. Just you're just the general shades. <laughs> Don't forget to check out our episodes last week, this week, next week, and every other week. Because an apple a day gets bad wrestling. First, peace and love.